Hello, beloved friends and community. Welcome to Decolonize Everything. This is just a quick little bonus snippet that I wanted to share, um, especially following my conversation with Maria and Denise about my own practice and learning around tending an altar. So as you now know, I learned a lot of this from Maria and Denise, and it's been such an honor and such a gift to learn alongside all the folks that have been a part of the show so far. It's been so encouraging to work on this project alongside grad school, alongside moving to a new place, and, you know, really getting through this this very difficult fall um, during the pandemic and during deep awakenings and a lot of isolation. So thank you to everyone who's been on the show in 2020 as we got started. Thank you to all of you who have listened and those of you who have reached out. It's amazing to see that uh, we're building a little community and yeah, it takes time and it, it takes work, but it feels good to be here and to be together, even in the weird virtual ways that we are discovering right now. Please write me on Instagram or Facebook if you would like to share more about your journey of decolonization. I'd love to chat with you and collaborate and have conversations and experiment with with more virtual sacred circles. You know where to find us, uh, Decolonize Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Decolonize Pod on Twitter. So much gratitude. I hope you enjoy this little audio piece from a spirituality pop-up at Harvard Divinity School this fall 2020. Yali Mohuantin. Hola. Hello, my name is Rebecca Mendoza Nunziato. I'm excited to share my altar with all of you for this pop-up. It has been a spiritual practice that I have been tending to and learning uh, really recently. While many of us do have access to our elders and our ancestors and their traditions, this has been something I've had to search for and learn largely through books, through sacred circles, of communities of Chicanas and Latinx people. And so I'm honored to share this with you um, in the small and large ways that this might be part of your spiritual practice. Also during COVID, I think it's a timely moment for us to be potentially building or tending to an altar. In the history of official religion in the Americas, women have often been sidelined and marginalized from spaces of leadership and spirituality. And so the altar in our homes has actually been a way for us to unleash and unlock the spirituality uh, that we have access to, um, to our own mystical experiences, to our own voices and connection to the divine. So during COVID, while we are bound to our homes, those of us that have the privilege of having a home over our head, we um, a roof over our head, we have the opportunity to rekindle and reclaim this practice. Additionally, I recently moved to Cambridge from Colorado, and I have been living in an RV, small little home, uh, the last three years. And so I haven't had as much space to really build and tend an altar. And so there's opportunities to also 
create a medicine bag. I used to put sacred stones in this little bag. I actually brought this into the GRE testing center. Uh, I don't think that was allowed, but it was a sacred way of, of bringing my ancestors with me and finding a way to be grounded and present in a very stressful moment. Um, I know my friends who have been chronically homeless also find ways to carry sacred objects with them, uh, whether in a backpack or in a pocket or a medicine bag like this. So hopefully there's an accessible way to you um, and to all of us as we pursue a, a meeting point, a portal. I think the altar can be a portal uh, between now the present and the past and the future, as well as between the unseen and the seen. Um, many of the sacred places of Mesoamerica were seen as that meeting point between above and below, um, where all the four directions came together. And that was a place of, of offerings, of giving offerings and sacrifice, and also a place of of where the divinity spoke and revealed itself, um, herself. Um, again, it is fall time, a uh, time of celebrating Dia de los Muertos or other ancient practices of honoring the dead. Uh, this is more of a year-round ongoing altar for me, and um, there's opportunities for both, for practicing and celebrating and ceremony at certain holidays or festivals, but also as a sacred place in your home that can be year-round. So uh, it's important to me to have the elements available here. So you'll see fire through the candle, um, earth through certain semillas or little seeds, um, rocks and stones, shells, um, and this water. And then, um, yeah, bringing even the seasons. I have this leaf that I picked up on a walk recently, um, a little leaf from this fall here in Cambridge. And of course, there are some sacred stones here, some things that I've found along my way. I actually have some, some stones that have been given to me from others' altars. Um, I have pieces of paper with important words, words that have been given to me, written to me, spoken to me. And I have my medicine here. Um, this is sage. And of course, there's a complicated reality with sage right now and with other forms of indigenous and sacred medicine. So we always have to be aware of the various aspects of, of the altar and how they are life-giving, but also can be part of a complicated reality around us. Um, so whatever you can use, whether that's rosemary or other plants that are indigenous to the land, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for that. So luckily the sage was given to me as a gift and I am loving this medicine in my home right now. I also have some, some sage and some of this little money plant here that were dried and that I brought with me from Colorado on my road trip. What else is important? There are some gifts here. My friend um, who has been unhoused most of his adult life found this bracelet in a dumpster and gave that to me and it sits on my altar as a reminder to hold him in my heart and to send him love um, from my own home and from my ancestors. I have some lavender here. I have the symbol of many, of many things that matter to me, some, some precious stones and some stones that I found on my walk. Also, the altar is alive, it is a being. Uh, I have a relationship with all of these items here, and these items come and go. 
So there's nothing that has to remain permanent about this altar. Uh, I have the freedom to return these rocks back to the park um, or carry them with me in my medicine bag or to keep them here in this altar. Uh, what else? I also have this on a tray. So when I lived in the RV, I did also use a small tray where I could move uh, this sacred space around as needed. Um, I often use some oils as a way to activate more senses. So this is for kind of a grounding smell and I will occasionally partake in some um, tea. And in my, my time here in Cambridge, I actually have this whole bookshelf available to me as a part of my sacred space. So I've put some books aside here that are really important to me. Uh, books by Gloria Anzaldúa, I've uh, Pedagogy of the Oppressed here, other indigenous poets and um, writings that are really important to me. I also have um, some room up above on the bookshelf and this has become a place for me to go often at night. I'm recording this after midnight, which is when I am most prone to come and practice and tend my altar. And um, it's become a way of grounding myself in the present moment. So I'll meditate here, I'll listen to drums or songs, in Mexican songs or other indigenous music from the Americas. And um, I'll also read. I'll read books that, that continue to connect me to my ancestry and to my, uh, my spiritual path of decolonization. So to close it out, and share this book. Um, it's called Voices from the Ancestors, and it's a beautiful compilation of, of Chicanx and Latinx writers sharing their spiritual expressions and healing practices. This book has been a companion for me, guiding me through my journey of decolonizing my spirituality. <clears throat> and uh, there's some beautiful pieces about, alt about building an altar, about blessing your home. It might be an altar for Dia de los Muertos or for honoring your ancestors or other loved ones who have passed. Um, there's also altar practices for moments in your childhood uh, for specific hardships and tending to those spaces. So um, there's, a, there's a chapter called Creating Sacred Space that speaks about family legacy and different festivals and times for, uh, for building the altar. But I want to share um, a specific poem here. It's called The Curandera Prepares for Healing. So let's take a deep breath and sit with whatever we are bringing into our altar, whatever we're bringing to our spiritual practice. And soak in these beautiful words. The curandera prepares for healing and transformation with ritual and invocation. She gathers bundles of any herbs that grow around her feet. Rosemary for remembrance, sturdy sage for strength, lavender for security, and tenderly wraps each bundle with a piece of cloth, gifts from the earth. She then evokes the seen and unseen elements and welcomes fire, water, earth, air, and ether. She constructs an altar for forgiveness and renewal and everything in between. By burning small fragrant chunks of copal and lighting candles, she always leaves room for the ancestors. Thank you all for joining me for this pop-up practice. 
um, a practice that is new to me and that is having an imprint on me uh, today as I share this with you and uh, I believe we'll continue to during our virtual learning time and um, our time of quarantine and being home to care for ourselves and to care for others. And I look forward to hearing any responses you have. Please email me, please send me a message on Instagram or Facebook and we'll continue the practice and the conversation. This is a humble offering as I continue to learn. Bless Gamati. Be well.